Welcome to worship on this beautiful summer day. Good to see you all here to worshiping with us and welcome to you guys worshiping with us online. It's good to have you with us today. We're excited for this service. We it's stories and song service. We're gonna worship lots. We're gonna hear some great, great testimony, great sermon this morning as well. Um, this, so uh, I just wanna start things off with, uh, well, briefly reading some scripture. This first song we're gonna start out with this morning for worship is a song called Take You At Your Word. We introduced this song, I don't know, a couple months ago, uh, but it's based out of one of the most famous verses of the entire Bible. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path from Psalm 119. So this, word, this song, yeah, is just based out of uh, God's word and where we can stand on his promises. We can trust in what he says. We can believe what he says and know that um, what he says is for our benefit and for, um, for us. So why don't we stand, um, get ready to stand and worship for a while because we got some great songs planned, but they're a little bit longer. So feel free to sit down if you want, but we're gonna get ready and get rolling. So take you at your word. Let's worship God this morning. Your grace is always enough 
this morning, our prayer, that we would hear you. We seek you, God, this morning. We seek your face. 
And God, we believe those words that we just sung, the promises that you speak throughout Scripture, that you are the same God. Moses, David, Mary, God, you held them in your hands. Even amidst the trials that they faced, God, you saw them through. You carried them. And God, you did that same thing for us. You carry us through our trials, through the valleys that we walk through. And though, God, it may be a tough journey, a long journey, a hard journey, but God, you bring us to the mountaintop and you teach us along the way. May we believe, God, in the words that you say and all the songs that we sing, the scripture that we sang this morning, may we believe those words. May we stand on those words this, this morning, this week. We stand on your word, Jesus. May it continue to sink into our hearts that we believe it, that we believe the words that we say continue molding and shaping us into who you want us to be. More like you, Jesus. More like you. God, we give you our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't you guys take a seat? Good morning. Uh, it's good to see you all this morning. Uh, my name is Carissa, and I just want to welcome everybody to Sunrise. Um, great that we can spend this beautiful day together and start it off with worship. Um, and excited to hear testimonies this morning and just be able to learn and celebrate and grow together. Um, if you are attending for the first time or one of the first times this morning, or if you're watching for the first time online, we want to give you a special welcome and also just um, say thank you and help you um, learn a little bit more about us. So if you are here in person and you're visiting for one of the first times, um, you can say hello to somebody at the connect table in the lobby afterward. Um, but also we've got a QR code that is not behind me, but it might appear behind me. Um, and you can scan that. They're around the church in the bathroom stalls, we discovered. Um, but it'll take you to our website and also to a form that you can fill out just to give a little bit, in, bit of information. Um, if you're watching online, then that link should be in the comments. And we also will just send you a little gift later on in the week. So no pressure. We just want to welcome you and thank you for spending time with us. Um, we do have a few, just a couple of announcements this morning for some things coming up. One is wine and theology, and that's not this Tuesday, but a week from Tuesday, which is August. I mean, this Tuesday is August, but August 8 is wine and theology. That's for any women who want to just come and spend time together. And if you don't drink wine, that's totally fine. You don't have to. But just a chance for women to connect, to discuss some theology, but also just be really casual and build relationships together. That is going to be at Rush Creek Bistro. It's the same place they met this last month, um, starting at 7 o'clock. And you can email Pam Rosema if you have any questions about that. 
Also, because it is almost August, that means we only have about three weeks left in our school supply drive. So I know every week I've been seeing the table just get more and more full, and I think things have even been pulled away, but um, that's wonderful. There also is a really cool little chart that I'm assuming Julie put together, and it shows what things are still most needed. So check that out in the lobby afterward, and then you can also grab one of the lists um, and see what the supplies are. And just drop those off anytime in the next few weeks. Um, we are about to move into a time of greeting and talking together, but uh, the children are not going to be dismissed today. You probably noticed we've got some extra supplies out. Today is what we sometimes like to call a, a family together, church together Sunday. So kids are going to be staying in here, but during that time, you can talk to some people. If that makes you uncomfortable, go flee to the lobby and get some coffee or use the restroom. <laughs> Um, but also at that time, uh, this is a great time that we want to just welcome people to give their tithes and offerings. Um, one of our values here at Sunrise is thankfulness, and from that comes generosity. So you may give online, you can give in the wood box there between the doors. Um, you can still, if you're old school, you can write a check and send it in, but there are options there. So take a few minutes and say hello to each other, get some coffee, and we'll meet back here in a few. Well, it is good to see the building still standing and people still enjoying each other's company. Thank you for, uh, yeah, thanks for leaving me alone over the last couple of weeks. Really appreciate it. It was good. We had a good uh, trip, a good vacation. Uh, thanks so much to uh, Noah and Corey for holding down the pulpit while I was gone, for, for Julie. Chrissy, you made a comment about, you know, something that you thought Julie made. If there's anything that is nifty or practical, yeah, Julie made that. Um, <laughs> So thankful for the, for the team that God has, has given us here. Uh, today's a little bit different. You notice we had a little, little bit of extra singing. And so uh, during the months with five Sundays in them, Dan and I talked about this earlier, um, uh, late last year, we wanted to do something what we called Stories and Songs uh, Sunday. So a little bit more singing, and then we wanted to offer an opportunity for us to share uh, stories uh, with each other. So, so about 10 years ago, I wrote a, a, a small a booklet for Our Daily Bread, and it was entitled, um, let me look because I've totally forgotten, Re, uh, Beyond Reasonable Doubt, The Truth of the Bible. And one of the reasons that I gave for trusting the scriptures was that it avoided what literary folks call hagiography. And, and hagiography is simply this. It's, it's, it's writing in such a way that you paint your heroes um, in, in, in sort of outlandish ways. Well, the Bible doesn't do that. It, it tells us the story of how Abraham lied to save his own skin and how Noah was drunk and got in trouble for um, what resulted from that. It tells us that Jacob was a manipulator and a hustler. It, it, it tells us that David abused his power and, and ravaged Bathsheba and had a man murdered. It, it, it tells us that that Peter was prideful and arrogant and made promises that he couldn't keep. It tells us that, that Saul was not only a persecutor of the early church, but he was a person that actually participated in the murder of one of the first deacons. You see, the Bible tells the unvarnished truth about people. And the reality is, my friends, that in doing that, God demonstrates something very important to us. Carissa talked a little bit about one of our core values being thankfulness. Another one of our core values is authenticity. 
and authenticity is important, I think, because that's what the Bible demonstrates to us that is a part of the heart of God. That he tells stories that we don't normally tell for the sake of showing his power to redeem and to resurrect in those moments. Because we all have those stories, right? We've got stories that we don't tell. Can, can, stories that you don't tell, right? Not, not for public consumption. <laughs> yeah, people are like, don't even. Oh. <laughs> so here at Sunrise, authenticity is one of our, one of our core values, one of our, our pillars. And, but the question then is, how do we do that? How do we live into being authentic people? Well, one of the ways that we do that is we create space is we, we create space to tell those stories. And we become a community that is safe for people to tell the stories, even the stories they don't tell, so that God can use them in a way to help heal us and to help give hope to those that need healing. And so today, I've invited one of our partners, Kathleen Torrey, is here with us today. Can we greet Kathleen, please? And so, uh, thanks too to Emily for pinch hitting. Yeah, because Kathleen was like, "Oh yeah, can I sing? Can I do this? Can I?" I'm like, you know, you'll probably want to nap this afternoon. So, <laughs> but we've asked Kathleen to share her story. And, and Kathleen, it was February the sixth. You may not remember this, but I got an email from you, and this is in part what it said. It said, yesterday during the benediction, you said that no matter how far we've fallen, that God will run further and faster toward us. The stories you don't tell may be redemptive moments in the lives of others. I want to share a little bit of my story with you with the hopes that maybe one day I may be able to help someone else struggling in the way that I was. As it turns out, my friend, today is that day. So, Kathleen, introduce yourself and, and yeah, kick us off here. Good <laughs> uh, morning, Sunrise. My name is Kathleen. Um, we have, my family and I have been partners here for about two and a half years. I have, I'm part of the worship team. <laughs> uh, I help organize a couple events here. I'm a wife, a mother, a daughter, a sister, and I'm an alcoholic. So, Kathleen, when did... Okay, so you, you say that and you're, you're recovering. Oh, absolutely. Right? I've been in recovery for about 13 years. Okay. Absolutely. When did the drinking start? Well, you know, I wasn't one who drank as a teenager or even in high school. Um, and when I was in my 20s, I could go to the bar with a friend and have one wine cooler that would last me the entire night. I was a bartender's worst nightmare as far as tips are concerned. Right. I wasn't a big drinker. <laughs> you're broke. It's three bucks, and you're like, keep the change, right? That's the, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So that was it. Um, but then in my early 30s is when it started to escalate. Mm. Um, and it's because I was, there's, there's, Several types of drinking, there's four types of drinking, but I started as social and it ended up being drinking to cope, mm. drinking to hide. And, you know, it's to numb ourselves from trauma that we may have undergone. 
Okay, so what, what escalated then? You, you, you gave a hint of that, but what, yes. what escalated the destructive behavior for you then? For me, what escalated the destructive behavior, we all know the human condition. We all want to feel, we all have a longing to feel needed and loved and seen and heard. And when I was in my 20s, I met a, a not nice person. And through my relationship with him, he um, caused some trauma in my life. And it was when that relationship ended, I began to, it, it, it snowballed yeah. with additional relationships that were harmful and caused me further trauma so this, in my life. this good thing. Yes. Right? The desire to be known, to exactly. be loved, to be seen. And to right? be desired the way God would desire us. Yep. Yep. Then there's brokenness yes. right, that enters into that, right? Mm -hmm. Am I seen? Am I known? Exactly. You want to be seen. And then the person that you're looking to, mm. to see you, further victimizes you and causes further trauma. Um by saying or doing things that were harmful to my spirit. Yeah. So Kathleen, when we were talking about this earlier, one of the things that we, we had talked about, I, I made a statement that there's almost always a thing behind the thing. Mm -hmm. and, and you kind of laughed and you said, maybe not even almost, right? Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's, 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 there's usually a thing. Usually a thing. thing that's behind the thing. Yes. So what you're telling me is like, so, so the drinking is, right, it was a problem. Yes. It was a problem that it, it sort of, you, you took steps down to the place to where it had control of you. Mm -hmm. um, but, but talk to us a little bit, what was the, was there a thing then behind the thing? And you hinted, hinted at that just a little bit. Um, well, trauma in my relationships with, um, with men. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I still don't trust men. <laughs> um, I have a very difficult time trusting men now. Um, and it's because I have been hurt through mm -hmm. my adult life. Um, and the, the, thing, the thing behind the thing, <laughs> it is there, you, drinking to cope. You want to... Eliminate the feelings of not quite good enough, of forgetting. You want to forget the trauma. Yeah. You want to numb yourself from the pain that you felt at the hands of those who you looked to redeem you. Yeah. So these feelings of rejection. Yes, absolutely. Right? Yes, rejection. Feel, yeah. feelings, feeling feelings. rejected by these people. Um, mm. Yeah. It, it, it can boil down to rejection. Okay, so now, I'm assuming though, this wasn't like, you're probably not, you know, you're probably not there at your lowest point and you're thinking, you know what? It's the feelings of rejection that are really, really right? That, that probably was a realization later on. Down much the road, later on. Right? Yes, much later on. So, so the, the escalation happens. You, you mm -hmm. find yourself just spiraling more and more. What, what oh, was absolutely. The, what was the turning point then? Like, what, what happened? <sighs> well, I was in therapy at the time with a wonderful counselor named Mary. And um, 
Mary had actually talked to me on multiple occasions about her own journey with alcoholism and being an AA, and that was the one person I felt like I can't tell this to, ironically. You know, she's right. the one person who'd been through it, uh, who could understand it and could help me move forward. And finally, she gave me um, an assignment and said, I want you to write me a letter mm-hmm. and tell me about you. And though I couldn't verbalize it in a casual setting, it was really easy for me to write it down in a letter and read it to her during my session. And that was a Monday. Tuesday, I went on leave from work. And Wednesday, I was in rehab. It happened very quickly, very quickly. Okay, so so you entrusted this information, Mm -hmm. right? So part of the part of the steps to healing was you entrusted this information yes. to the right person. To the right person right? who said, okay, we know what the problem is. Let's make a plan. Yeah. Yeah. So then you enter into rehab and then, yeah, all <gasps> you know, rainbows and puppies at no. that point. Are, okay. Actually, if, you, if you've ever watched, you know, celebrity rehab or intervention and these beautiful scenes of tranquility on the seaside cliff overlooking the ocean and yoga, you know, doing yoga. And that was not my experience. I can tell you that. (laughs) Your window looked at 68th Street or something? My window overlooked 68th Street and Division. So, yeah, no, there was no oceanside cliffs where I did yoga and I was able to breathe fresh air. And no, that was not my experience in rehab. It was... um, it was difficult because I, I was in Pine Rest, and um, a lot, the majority, if not all of the other women in that facility were there by court order. Mm. I was the only one who was there by choice. I was the only one who said, okay, I need help. My insurance isn't going to cover this one, <laughs> the rainbow, sunshines, and puppy dogs. Um, my insurance will cover Pine Rest. And so I went into Pine Rest Rehab, and the first day, <laughs> I panicked. My dad, my dad dropped me off. And then I realized that I had forgotten a bath towel. So my counselor let me call him. And when I called him, I asked him for a towel, and I said, come get me. Please come get me. I don't belong here. I am different than these people. I am not the same as these people. I can do this at home. I don't, I don't need to do it here. I can do it at home. And he said no. How'd that make you feel in the moment, Kathleen? Where's the tissue? Tissues, that. Tissue. Tissues. <laughs> you promised tissue. I, I did. I let you down. <laughs> but Joel is on the camera. Ah, there we go. Thank All you. Right. Thank you, Dick. Thank you. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Um, thank you. Okay. There we go. Um, when my dad said no, oh my gosh. He said no. You are right where you, excuse me, right where you need to be. Um, and I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. I wasn't ready to accept the fact that I wasn't different than these women. Mm -hmm. Yes, our circumstances were different, 
we came there with different uh, reasons. I came there because I had gotten to step one, which was my life had become unmanageable. Unmanageable. They, most of them were there because a judge said, you know, 30 days, pine rest rehab. So I wasn't ready to accept that I was no different than these women who I worked alongside, had therapy with, you know, I was no different than them. And my dad knew it, but I didn't. Mm. I wasn't ready to accept that I wasn't different than them. Um, so that was, that was hard when he said no. <laughs> that, that gutted me. <laughs> yeah. I was ready to go home same day, you know. But uh, it did not work out that way. And, and looking back, though, Kathleen, right n- now. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, we, he saved my life. Yeah, he, by saying no, saved my life. What happened after? So after this, right, this is this. You, you've got to have these feelings of, yeah. right? You've got to give me a minute here. That's okay. I'll, I'll talk for a minute. <laughs> right? So there's got, to be, there's got to be feelings of betrayal. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. From the yeah. person. And and, I'm a daddy's girl, so I hate to think of it that way. Yeah. I hate to think that I felt betrayed in that moment. Um, Even though you were being loved. I was being fully loved yeah. by my dad in that moment. He was fully loving me by saying no. He was saving my life. I, I think this is one of the interesting things, and we've talked about this. I feel like we live in a culture mm-hmm. where um, to say no to somebody isn't super accepted. Right? If you disagree with <laughs> somebody, it means that you... It's not, right? But it sometimes the most loving hear. thing in the world that we can do... Because consequently, I mean, you made the statement, it was during that moment that Jesus found you. Yes, yes. After he said no, that night I was in my room and looking over 68th Street and Division out the window, uh, my little, my, my, you know, little paradise. Um, And that's when, if you know the steps of AA, steps two and three happened for me. Step two came to believe a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And step three, turning our will and our lives over to the power of God as we understood him. And it's in that moment that steps two and three came to me. That is when I realized my dad was right. (laughs) I needed to be there. I needed to go through that. And he... He led me toward crying out to God and saying, I can't do this anymore. I can't live like this anymore. I can't. Yeah. It's not healthy. Yeah. It's not safe. I could have died multiple times by my own recklessness while intoxicated, mm. you know. And... It was then that I said, God, I need you. It, it's beautiful to me, Kathleen, because it's one, one of those things, like as, a, as Christians, we don't say, you know, all roads lead to God. Mm-hmm. 
But what I am a firm believer is, and I think your story illustrates, is that Jesus walks down all kinds of roads to meet people mm-hmm. and to find us where we are. Yes, he found me there. He found me on 68th and Division. He found me in that little single room with that hard bed and a desk where I sat journaling night after night. He found me. He found me. Kathleen, what do you want, what do you want people to take away from this story? Oh, there's hope. There's hope. If you are struggling, there's hope for you. God will meet you where you are. I mean, just, just for a minute, I, I have to say, I, you know, I hope she's watching. A friend of mine celebrated, a good friend from high school, one of my besties from high school, celebrated two years sober on Friday. Yeah. And there's hope. Yeah. There's hope out there. You know, it's, it's, God will meet you where you are. You just have to be willing to listen for him. You just have to understand that he's going to meet you wherever you are. Even if it's on 68th and Division. Easy work. No, no. Hard. <laughs> painful at Pain, times. Very painful. Very painful. Um, I, was, I, I stayed with Mary for some time after that in counseling. She actually um, made me accountable for going to meetings. If somebody is court-ordered... Okay, this is funny. Are you going to tell what I think you're going to tell about you thought it was... She treated it... Uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to talk about how she Please. wanted me to put it in the basket. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, if you are court-ordered, a lot of people... Um, will have to have a slip signed, a piece of paper that says, you were at this meeting on this day, at this time, signed by the AA leader for that meeting. And she said, okay, Re- insurance didn't cover you in rehab as long as I needed you to be in there. They covered me for two weeks. I didn't, I didn't mention that to you. Okay. So rather than going full 30, insurance said, oh, you're done, two weeks. That's it. That's all you get. Um, so Mary said, okay, new plan. You are going to start showing me you're going to meetings. And she gave me the same kind of check-in sheet. And each meeting, I had to put it in the basket that they passed, get it signed, and show her at my next appointment that I had been. 30 meetings, 30 days. See how wise. Right, someone that had walked the journey, mm-hmm. right now was walking the journey with you. That yes. knew, mm-hmm. okay. So Jesus had met you in this place. There had been yep. this transformation. You were thinking more clearly. The, you know, pink the, clouds. Yes. Yeah. The, explain that again. Okay. So when you first get sober, everything is everything is pink, fluffy clouds. Everything is wonderful. It's the honeymoon phase. You're thinking clearly because the alcohol or whatever is out of your system. You've gotten through the DTs, which are like the detox syndrome, the detox symptoms that you might experience. You've gotten to the other side of those and everything is now sunshine and rainbows and puppy dogs. You know, you're in that blissful state. But it does not last. You have to, have to, have to get to the root. Mm. You have to get to the thing behind the thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it took lots of therapy, <laughs> um, lots of, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the term EMDR. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of EMDR with Mary. Um, and lots of work. It, 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 it's not a quick fix. Going to rehab, stopping drinking, you're, you're breaking a habit. And you're looking deeper inside yourself. Why did I drink? Mm. Why? And I've been sober for like 13 years. And I'm still realizing things that, oh, wow, that was something that contributed. I wonder, Kathleen, one of the things that they, they talk to us pastor types when we do spiritual direction training and things like that, mm-hmm. is that you have times of consolation and desolation, and they're, 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 you're constantly learning. And, and when you're confronted in a place, that it's almost like the Holy Spirit thinks that you're, mm-hmm. you're ready to start learning things that you weren't able to learn beforehand. Yes. Yep. Um, as, as we bring our, our conversation to a close, there are a couple things that, that you had said that I think is just really, really important, right? It's, it's going to be hard, painful work. Yes. Um, that there's no shame in getting help. We no. all need help. And I think it's, it's, it's interesting that all these people that God brought into your life, mm-hmm. just the right people. Yeah. Right? And, and, it, and it's not like, okay, it wouldn't have been helpful for you to tell the bartender. No. Or the person sitting on the stool next to you, right? <laughs> it had to be the right people. It had to be the right person, right people. Um, but you came out of this situation, and, and one of the statements that you made that I'll never forget is you said, you know what, I just want people to know that there's something to live for. Yeah, there is. There's absolutely something to live for. You know, we have to, first of all, if you're looking to feel loved, to feel seen, to feel heard, and to feel desired the way God desires you, you have to first look inwardly. You have to look to yourself before you can look to others to try and fulfill that need. And you also have to look towards God because he is the one who is going to say, I love you. I see you. I need you. And I hear you. And I desire you. As, as the worship team comes to, to sing our, 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 for our closing song, um, Folks, I think that sometimes we, we mistake the message of Jesus. Um, but the message of Jesus is not, hey, come to me and everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be great. All your problems are going to go away. All your, right? um, as a matter of fact, Jesus, just before his death, was talking to his disciples. And he, he made this statement to them. He said, um, I've told you these things so that you may experience, and this is the Dennis Moles translation, the deep and perfect peace of God. Why? Because in this world, you will experience distress. You'll have trouble. The sin that's in you, the sin that's around you, the sin that other people visit upon you, the sin that you participate in, all that stuff is a part of this world. But Jesus says to his disciples, and what we want to declare over you today, when this distress comes, be courageous. Be courageous by remembering that he has overcome the world. Let's
Kathleen just told us, look to him. But understand that there's no shame in looking to those that are around you as well. Folks, the reality is, is my dear sister and Kathleen, you couldn't have done it by yourself. No, no. You need to marry. It took, you know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to help you realize you're worthy. So here's the invitation this morning. We're going to stand and we're going to sing. And I don't know how this has landed on many of you today. I don't know whether this is just a story. Maybe some of you can identify. Maybe, maybe some of you uh, are recovering alcoholics. Maybe some of you are, are, are recovering from, from another uh, addiction. Maybe some of you have gotten beyond or, or got past some of the the sins that have ensnared you in the past. I hope that what this does for you is it gives you the courage to see that God can use in redemptive ways your story in the hearts and lives of, of other people. But maybe maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, man, Dennis, I'm, I'm still in the middle of some of this. Can I ask you to can I ask you to tell the right people? Can I ask you to find your Mary? Can I invite you to send me an email? Folks, there's a lot that I don't know and there's a lot that I can't do. Can I invite you to grab one of our elders? See, here's the thing. We, we might not be able to help, but man, we're good referrers. <laughs> yeah. We want to be your village. We want to be the people to walk through, walk with. You're not just during the, the good times, but the struggles as well. So Father, I thank you so much for this day and for my dear sister. I thank you for her courage to share her story with with us today. And Lord, we pray, Spirit of God, that you would use it. That you would use it in the hearts and, and the lives of each and every person that's here, Lord, and that we would we would take to heart Kathleen's words that there's hope there's something worth living for. That it may be hard and it may be a struggle, but that it's worth it to become whole and to find healing. So God, we pray that you would just continue to be with us and walk beside us. We pray for maybe the person in here that just needs to send that email, that needs to have that conversation, Lord, that that they would reach out and can find hope and can find help and healing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living Lord. Why don't we stand together? What could imagine some great mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless faith? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken.
trouble. Remember the words of Jesus earlier in this conversation with these same disciples. While we may experience trouble in this world, he urges us, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My friends, no matter what your story, these words are true for you. In my father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And it's Jesus. No matter your story, there's a room. There's room for you around the table in the house as a part of the family. May you walk with courage and freedom today toward Jesus. And if you need help, we're here to walk beside you. Amen. Go in his peace.